Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on in. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Luke Thomas. You know us from Morning Combat. We are here, though, in Los Angeles for this press conference. Well, well, well. We ready to go? Chael, before we get going, do you need anything? You could take down one of those. Uh, no, I'm good. It does look very... I'm worried I'm getting it on my shirt. Yeah. See, these are real male problems. Yeah. 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 I don't even know how to introduce our next guest. UFC veteran, uh, Bellator veteran, media mogul, the gangster from Westland, Oregon. He's many names, many hats. He's never lost and never failed the drug test. There you go. It's my friend and yours. It's Chael Sutton. Hi, Chael. What's happening, guys? Good to be back with both of you. Yeah, so you're here today. We're all here today because uh, in about an hour from now, of course, this will come out probably afterwards, but... Uh, we are here for the Jake Paul Anderson Silva boxing hey. match. Hey, and you're going to be hosting today's uh, presser. Yes, that's right. In the absence of the great Harold, uh, Errol Hawani, but uh, I'm excited about it, by the way. And I'm also very curious. I think, I'm going to go gut feeling, I think the world wants this fight. I think they're they going to be excited. But today will let us know. And there was already fans lined up outside. We're two hours early. There's fans lined up to get in this thing. I, th- I think they're onto something here. Well, okay. I got to cut you off to ask the question most people are thinking. You're going to be officiating this presser. This fight's going to be big come August 29th in Arizona. But Anderson Silva, you you definitely suck. I mean, we've heard variations of that yeah. through the years. Are you guys back? I, I have not seen him since. I have not seen him since. And I wish our relationship was better. I mean, I put those things behind me. I, I don't know that he has, and I have not seen him since. Okay. So are you yeah, planning I'm to curious. talk to him at all today beyond the official capacity of hosting? If I had a choice, I would like to say hello to him before we go out there. Um, I, here's what I don't want. I don't want him, you know, when I'm in this capacity, I, I don't want him to come out and think that I'm going to double cross him or make it anything about, yes. you know, this is, this is his moment. I'm just, I'm just standing in the middle. Right. But I would prefer that he knew that. I, what did you, how do you view Anderson Silva, especially like post UFC? Like he has had a real... Remarkable little run here, uh, strangely. I did not know that Anderson loved the sport the way he does. When we were competing, sometimes I had a hard time getting a match with him, and I had done anything. I loved it, so I just wanted to be in there and compete with those guys. More of a wrestling mindset. And the fact that he is still here and he's still training and he's still doing his thing, um, I mean, he showed that he really loves the sport. And he's another capacity. He's also a trainer. You know, his boys are doing real well. Oh, his kids, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's got two two boys that are yeah. striker. There's a striker search going around. They're entering a competition. 
tr to try to get recognized. Yeah. How do you feel about the whole YouTube boxing thing? Which Jake is a little bit graduated from at this point. He's still the face of here, it. Here's the thing. There was this event recently. I forget the name of it. It was over the weekend. In fact, one of Jake's early opponents. Social Gloves and Easton Gibbs. Yes, yes, the guy yes. that you called on Twitter. Right? <laughs> I didn't know who it was, and I referred to him as a pre-diabetic gas station attendant. So I don't think that's very... He didn't like that, you know, once he found out. I think that's out. very fair, but uh, nevertheless, he sort of moved a little bit beyond that. He's not fighting other guys on TikTok. He's fighting fucking Anderson Silva, and yet there's still... It's a, it's a weird space. How do you feel about it? I like that you said that because I think that he deserves that. Um, for Jake to step in here with Anderson Silva, I mean, this is showing a massive courage. He's told everybody, I want to be part of this community, and I want to be recognized. And uh, I don't know why it was so important to him. You think the guy's got his whole life figured out. He's got some money, he's got some fame, and he's a young man. But no, he wants acceptance badly. Uh, he listens to the fans uh, closely. And I do think we need to start talking about Jake differently. It's not just uh, uh, entertainment anymore. This, this is, the, the gig stops at Anderson Silva. He's not playing in there. You don't play with Anderson Silva. No. Anderson also, like, against Chavez Jr., that fight was, he, like, he took it to him. And then against Tito, Jesus. I mean, he did that was an execution. exactly sure. what you should do. And yet I still came away like, holy shit, he still got it. I mean, yeah. he, he put it on. Yeah. And hey, can I go back to that Chavez? Because many people do miss this about Anderson's career. His skills are so good. He's dynamic. He's versatile. But he, he has a gas tank. People forget about that. You go tell me a, a, a fifth round. We'll use MMA. You go tell me a fifth round that Anderson Silva had that he lost against anybody. Uh, you know, he comes on strong. And guys like that get credit. These guys that can really push hard. Nobody talks about him in that capacity. I thought he showed that with Chavez. To go all of those rounds. I, one thing people miss. You know, he's not just very good. He's a tough son of a bitch. Yeah. How, how strong is Anderson Silva? Uh, I probably wouldn't put him in that category. Um, uh, but it's similar to strength because you're talking about leverage. Yes. And you're talking about, you know, he can do stuff in positions. He can reach Yeah, I'm not like talking about fingers. pure bench press numbers, but it, like when you lock up with him. I don't I don't think you would leave thinking he was strong, uh, saying the capacity of a Dan Henderson or a Yushin Okami. But um, Yushin it, super he's strong? also not weak. Yeah, yeah. Unusually. Dan Henderson is too. Dan, Dan Henderson is deceptively strong man. Dan Henderson's all banned. You still see him in public with hot chicks on his arm. I mean, yeah. this guy is... Well, it's the same one, actually. He's got... He, he married. He married the, the... He did well. He did well. The, you know. Yeah, but there was, there was a few years there where he was popping up on broadcasts, sure. and it was like... <laughs> I mean, he was going on tour. He yeah. couldn't believe it. Chael, the theme of this show, <laughs> Room Service Diaries, is typically us complaining about our, you know, low T in life in our mid-40s. This is the first time we're kind of relatable. I mean, Yeah, we're peers, Chael. How are you Summer. adapting to being, a, with, with due respect, a washed piece of shit yeah. now? Yeah. that you're you know, away from the game. I, I will share with you, and I think you can relate. Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, thank you to whoever makes these, uh, to be able to participate. It's hard to participate in this sport. I mean, Luke found a way, but he had to claw his way in. He was even resisted. Right now, he's, he's a big thing, and they're nominating him for awards, but not at one point. At, one, at one point, point, he was being resisted, and you've got to uh, get through that. Um, and, I mean, and John Jones sent him yeah, to hell at nice that press conference. You remember that, right? Yeah, yeah you yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah. Just bringing up L's here. Yeah, I mean, doing? look, we, you know, it's among, we, we, we can talk about your L's. It's among men you here. We, you know, you know. I mean, you, you, you say I blew you off last night. You wanted to yeah. hang out and do drugs. I, I fell asleep. Right? Yeah, That's I don't believe happened. that. You're gonna have to get over. Yeah, that. I mean, you are bad at doing drugs, but I don't believe that actually. What, and when you say do drugs, what, 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 what are we talking? We about? Legal we drugs. gummies. Legal drugs. Okay. Joe, right. we are pathetic little nothings. Okay. We're not trying to do the hard stuff. I just well, wanted to, you know, to laugh at. Uh, videos on YouTube, you know, something like that. He always oh, tries to you. get handsy, though. Like, it's a little too much brotherly love. It's not, we're not a Philadelphia here, though, bro, okay? I know friends like that. As, as the night goes on, all of a sudden they want to get in a wrestling match. You know, I know I get Gareth like A. That. Davies put both hands down my pants one time, the damn warlock. You know that guy. Gareth, they ever throw a kick at you? 
Yes. It's his big High move. Kick. High it's kick. It's his big yes. move. It's the kick. And he'll yeah. miss it. Luke, he'll miss it by this much. Yeah, Gareth, Gareth doesn't understand the concept of personal space. Right. <laughs> like, both with the chattiness and with the hands. Uh, Chill. nevertheless, though, like, after fighting, did you, you have carved out a really interesting career for yourself, certainly on YouTube and in other places as well. What was your plan after fighting? Because you opened up the pizza place and you yep. did some other stuff like that. Did you know you'd be in a position where you'd be hosting stuff like this? No, uh, no. And you know, when I even even uh, when I was dreaming about what I'm going to do, I'm in high school. You know, my father's putting pressure on me in college. Yeah, you could never say something like this. This didn't exist, right? I'm in digital space, and it wasn't a big thing. But also, commentating wasn't a thing. We, we had you know Goldberg and Rogan had that lockdown. There were six events a year. Um, so no, no, I never dreamed of it. And I do, I do enjoy speaking about the sport. I am, I am a true fan. Well, I mean, I watch and I study these guys nonstop. I'm on the internet and reading stuff, watching you two. So very nice, very nice position. What, what is the key to it? F folks always ask, what's the key to a job like that? Well, for, partly you have to be a, like a famous fighter, but beyond that. To, to build your base, yeah, no, that sure is true to stick around. But uh, I found consistency. Um, and we've had a hard time in, in, in the sport, even in the last seven weeks, the sport of boxing and MMA has been a little bit down, finding topics, particularly as of late, uh, I found to be hard. And I know a lot of people that do what I do, but they didn't go in and record. There just wasn't a show to do. And I get five a day every day, no matter what. I found that consistency is probably oh, right. five a day, five a day, every day. It, uh, eight minutes a piece, by the way. Yeah, they're about eight minutes a piece. Wow. That, those reps keep you fresh. You know yeah. it. You yeah, that's it. a lot. That's actually a, that's a lot. Jesus. Why five? Five was just the number that we went with. Uh, we qualified on YouTube when we passed half a million to get a, a uh, one-month-a-call phone call. Uh, One-time-a-month phone call with an actual human being. And they wow. told us Oh, like a about, YouTube rep yeah, or something? They told us eight minutes was a good number. They offer you that in prison, too. Five right? a day, yeah. You yeah. can get one in prison? You, you can get one a day. One, one oh, call, yeah, not with YouTube. Right? I'll tell not you what, you can't reach someone at YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all ran by an algorithm, so... People that are trying the space, they'll know what I mean. If you can get a human being on the phone, it's helpful. Coming full circle, though, with the Jake Paul in your career, I mean, obviously, we're in a different space now, but if something like this had been available right as you got out of the UFC, because it's interesting now, right? Like, if you leave UFC, you have some choices. There is Bellator. Yeah. There is some other places as well, one and whatnot. There's BKFC now, sure. which took Chad Mendes, took some other folks. PFL has taken some folks. There's like, and now there's this YouTube boxing sort of slide, side angle. But by the way, Nate Diaz just won over the weekend. God only knows what he's about to do. How would you have navigated that space? I'd have probably moved right out and retired, even with the options, just because I had had enough of uh, competing. I wasn't having the grit and the toughness, the, the, the true crowd. I just had enough of it. But I do I do like these guys. I love what Dave Feldman's doing over at Bare Knuckle Boxing as far as providing an opportunity. Um, well, if you can talk. And if also cross-promoting with Bellator, too. That's right. For sure. But if you can put on a pro wrestling persona, and I think for some of the fighters that we're finding out now that are having success at BKFC, they're not actually coming from stardom and boxing and MMA. They might be coming from a diner or a gas station, but they can talk. They're and I think Feldman's been able to kind of embrace that. Yeah. But, Chael, you could always talk. Feldman's made it through some tough spots, by the way. I think as a promoter, he deserves a lot more credit than he gets. For example. Well, okay, well, they were even canceling shows at one time because it was a funding issue. He was having to call people and go, hey, look, wait, we're trying to get reorganized. And when you reach that spot, people don't ever come back. And he found a way. He's not missing a beat. And, and through everything that he went through, the ups and the downs, full houses, lack of houses, different distribution, he never skimped on production. His show is beautiful. It really is a beautiful thing. That hmm. cage pops, the lighting, the, I, I mean, and I think that's important. If you want to have a good promotion, people you gotta, talk about you got to have the best You want you people to buy your production. pig, you got to put some lipstick on it there you go. at the end of the day. Um, we debate often if that's like the last stop on the combat highway, BKFC. Some people are now mid-career kind of moving and making it. 
See, it used to be, but not necessarily. Well, not some necessarily. people are taking advantage of the money. You know, we, we watched Michael Venom Page come up empty and, and somebody against somebody like Mike Perry. Would you have specifically gone this route if it was five, seven, eight years earlier? Um, you can get carved up. Is it worth sure. it? Sure. Is it worth it to have the, them? If, is it worth it to have a Teddy Atlas scar across right here? Yeah. Aside from the rules, I probably never really thought of the rules of combat, but I was, I was an MMA guy. Yeah, yeah, I came from right. I wanted to do MMA. I had dreams of being a boxer. I tried to make an Olympic team uh, in 2000. Um, but I'll share that with you. No, I want to do MMA. That, that was just a stop along the way. You got you to do the complete sport. That, that was a belief of my father, so I have it. We all know the same thing about fighting, which is whatever your dad told you. My dad said you got to do MMA. Yeah, but my, my dad doesn't. Uh, mostly just tells, tells me I'm a failure. Um, no, I'm teasing. Uh, <laughs> no, he actually doesn't tell him anything at all. That's, yeah, that's he actually doesn't joke. talk yeah, to me yeah. at all. Do you get a bad relationship? They're no, doing... no, I have a fine relationship. But You're my, a like joke. the fact that I like what I like is I cannot possibly explain how divergent it is from every other person in my family. It's utterly like they love him, but could they name the show? No. It's like they gave birth. It's like they gave birth to a <laughs> fucking guy. goat. It's like it doesn't. I mean, I'm like, sure. what, what, what the fuck are we going to do with this thing? Chill. Um, sure. so how many times, given your colorful microphone ability, do you watch? The game today, whether it's UFC, boxing, whatever, and go, I see myself in that. Every single time. Like, I where's my royalty check? I should get 10 cents off of that interview. And, and maybe not that, but I do like the guys that embrace uh, the the entertainment side of it. Uh, Luke had brought up earlier, uh, we talked about, you know, these YouTube boxers. But I think we're kind of in the entertainment era. Like, I think Mike Tyson or Roy Jones coming back or Evander coming back, even if it was a flop. And it's hard to be sustainable. I mean, that's a really hard thing to do. And I think that Jake changing over and going, no, no, I'm serious about that. Bring me the best guys. I think that's how he's going to live on. I think he turned something that had 18 months into more like five years. Yeah, but, but the risk here, this one is different, dude. Whew. Like, the risk against like, another guy, and listen, anytime you are, anytime there's a threat of a knockout, it's always serious. I don't mean to suggest that, that there was never been anything on the line, but dude, from Nate Robinson to Ben Askren to two bouts with Woodley. Well said. Okay, but to Anderson, dude, this is an escalation I find it surprising, to be honest. Sure. And the odds makers, I don't know what it is at the moment of this recording, but when the odds first came out, they had Anderson as the favorite. I think rightly so. How would you assess this challenge for Jake? I'm not buying into the whole age thing. And I know, that, mm -hmm. I know that's real. I know that we're going to deal with that. I feel as though that is getting ready to take away from a glorious moment from Jake. I feel as though people are, are padding that in advance. Um, 46 is a very real number. However, when you have Anderson Silva, who just left the ring with Chavez Jr., you know, they, they went talking about Chavez isn't in shape, but he said, man, this is a second-generation boxer. They went the distance. Just to be able to go the distance in boxing is a lifetime of work. The rules would stop you. Had they not gone to Mexico, he wouldn't have even done that. You know, in the amateurs, they'll stop you at three, and then you come to six. got to work your way up. Anderson steps right into the deep end with the distance. Come on, man. He passed the test, in my opinion. Still, uh, okay, if Jake asked you for a piece of advice on fighting Anderson Silva. Yes. Now, you fought him in MMA. This is boxing. Utterly different. But if you had a lesson for him that you learned from fighting Anderson, what would it be? Engage. Get, do not stand back. Do not watch those movements. Yeah. Uh, my coach Clayton would call Anderson the Medusa. He would do things and turn you to stone. Even if it was for a second, then he could step in and hit you. Uh, you got to engage. You got to engage when he does that. Or if he does, you got to back out. Do not stand there and watch him uh, put you to sleep. I got to tell you, though, with a guy like Jake, like I, I appreciate what he's done, but he doesn't have a lot of experience. Sure. Right? That's just the reality. He doesn't have a ton of experience. Well, to Chael's point, he's got to use the youth size and he, the kid can pop for, yeah. for this. Have you seen bracket? Jake in person? 
No, I haven't seen him. He's but a relatively big kid. I mean, ge- generally, when you're talking about those rules of this is an older guy and you got to have youth, you, you really are talking about uh, you're talking about volume yes. and you're talking about staying on a guy. Anderson Silva doesn't wilt. People forget that. People put pressure on Anderson Silva. Go back to MMA. Show me one fifth round he was ever in that he lost, and that includes against Nick Diaz, who was known for winning fifth rounds. I mean, I feel that Anderson doesn't get credit uh, for his cardio. I mean, his fight against Adesanya, which which is the most elite you can get in 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 in, this, in that sport yep. of MMA was like just three years ago. And Izzy didn't and play he, that game. It's a good point about wasn't, Gage. He wasn't handled by Adesanya. In fact, he had some moments that I thought around. ultimately disciplined Adesanya from taking too many chances. Yep. He's not that far removed from that guy. He doesn't have a string of knockouts losses between now and then. Yep. He had broken legs, body kind of betrayed him. If if the debate we're making of him at 47 is that he can no longer compete against the elite in either sport, I'll say that's true. Yeah. This this is a different category though. This silo of celebrity carnival crossover boxing. So, um, I think we're gonna get a real fight here. I think I think the the thing I want to find out most about Jake is not could he beat a 10 and 0 rising real cruiserweight boxer. I want to see what happens when he's in a real fight. I agree with you. And there, and there is something very significant. I feel as though maybe I'm, we're getting ahead of something with this age. Trent, tell the audience, don't, don't do that to us because it's going to be a roadblock. But when we do see a guy come back, he's 46, he's 47 years old, the guy that's 50, however you want to do it, he took a break. He took 10, he took 15 years off. That's just not what happened with Anderson Silva. He competed the entire time. He stayed in the gym the entire time. His never body never got away from him. He had to get back in shape. It is a significantly different 47 than most guys we're used to seeing compete at that age. Uh, okay. Is that a fair point by me? I think it's a very fair point. The guy has all... The guy, and he did have a decline, certainly in his last bit yes. of the UFC run. There's no denying that there was a, a drop off in performance. It became harder, as it is for guys his age, to keep that up over five full yes. minutes. In pockets, think the Bisping fight. In pockets, he could still be that same guy, but rightfully so. To do that against the elite for that many minutes, you can't. Jelly, let me ask you something. And I, and I know you have a good relationship with UFC, so I'm not in any way asking you to bash them, nor am I even trying to bash them. I'm just trying to figure out how we solve a problem, sure. which is that when Anderson left the UFC, it was in the apex. Granted, it was still like the hangover of the pandemic, which isn't nearly as much of a problem. But Nate Diaz just won this past weekend. And if that's his last UFC fight, he got a great send-off by virtue of luck and his own engineering. But absent that, it would have been not a great one. And I don't think the UFC was trying to dunk on Anderson when they gave him, I think his last fight was against... Uriah Hall, I think. Uriah Hall is the right one. Right, right. He had Cannoneer before before that. that. But it, it ended up being like a really quiet exit. And I understand the UFC is the highest level. And so... Um, there are stages below that. There are other things you can do. It's not officially a send-off from the sport. Yeah. Nevertheless, though, is there a better way for the UFC to um, give the g- goodbyes, especially people like Anderson, the Mount Rushmore types, right? How do you do that for a guy like that in that scenario, especially when they're losing all the time? Sure, what, it, what, but it was very unique. I mean, Dana had announced for Anderson this is going to be his last fight, and then he put him in a main event, and that's also unique uh, with Nate. A, a main event of a pay-per-view just generally isn't how you 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 send the guy off, right? Kind of take his shine uh, away. I can remember Pedro his who had a great career. I can remember Rico Rodriguez, who had great careers. You know, these guys were very close to champions. One of them was, they last fight was on an undercard. I mean, there is a history in the UFC where you pull a guy down before you send him off. The, the, the pay-per-view and the promotion of moving him up is for the guys that we still have. So I, I think that it was uh, very consistent. And uh, I like how you said that, that, that Nate got a great send-off uh, largely because of his own engineering and luck, I believe was your quote. And there's a lot of truth to that. Imagine him. He's a 12-to-1 underdog. He wakes up the next day. He's a 2-to-1 favorite. Like, just stop the story right there without even knowing the details. That is, that is massive change emotionally. Do, do, if, uh, if, if Nate ends up fighting Jake Paul, right? This is a big if. Sure. Sells a million buys? 
I think with, that it could with the right promotion. It, that's right. Well, and I, but it, with some criticism, with some fighting between them during the build up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. A, few, a few things have to go right, right. but is that, is that is that possible? That's right. Well, if, and the only reason I didn't jump on that and say yes is because buys are so much different now. I mean, it's a very different business. Like our current record in MMA this year, uh, it was four hundred thousand yes. um, on something that would have uh, you know done more like one point two. I will tell you this: there's a rumor. So if we're going to spread it. Uh, Let's spread it. Yeah, yeah, Jake versus Nate, but on the same card, Logan versus Nick, and that that does draw. wow. That the, the, the that two is brothers. Nick's is still a under contract, story. right? With the UFC, yes, yeah, he is. Yeah. So could you do that? Well, you you'd need somebody to help you out. Yeah, you'd but, need a little uh, bit of help. Dana has stated, I don't know if I'm going to use him again, and uh, I might might be. Able oh, to that's right. He was a little bit non-committal yeah. about that. Yeah, he said, I don't know. Yeah, Nick didn't look great, did he? Jake Shields told me that there was it was just a it was a series of really unfortunate circumstances and that he was more or less physically unprepared for the moment, uh, which I'm willing to believe. I'm willing to believe that that's not the best version of even what is still left of Nick. Yep. Didn't look great. Well, he didn't want to be in there, and he said it. That's right. He said it multiple times. Took a lot of punch. I felt as though he was doing better than maybe he thought. You know, he waved it off and stopped, which is nowhere within his uh, DNA that we've ever seen. I think he was a lot more competitive in that fight than maybe he knew at the moment. I mean, he took a lot of punches from Robbie, but he gave a lot back. He did. Yeah. He's got a lot. He's still got some fire in his mm-hmm. belly when he needs it. It just, he seemed so He wasn't old. a movie target. He seemed old. Yeah, he was standing there. He, he was a little bit you, you and I, like, we're roughly the same age. We, I remember watching Nick Diaz coming up. He's always been associated with youth. Yep. To me, like the yeah. next level, the new hot shit, and then to see a guy who's like, you know, visibly kind of sure. old, it changes it. It really is jarring to see yeah. that. I see that every morning in the mirror. If you're advising Nate on what to do next, what yes. do you tell him? Because he, the world is his oyster. That's I right. mean, holy shit, right? Sure. Hey, I'll tell you what. The world of promotion is a very tough business. It's an extremely hard thing. You know, we saw Khabib come in, and you know, maybe some even rumors that Khabib's going to slow down a little bit. It's it's just a really tough space to get into. I would encourage him to be careful. Don't go around and sign a whole bunch of anything. Don't book five oh, venues real at once. Ink? Yeah. Real don't, real. Yeah, they already made yeah. some hats. They don't already, line yeah. up. You know, thirty guys under multi-fight contracts. There's promotion and there's event organizing. And I think right now, an event org one time, an event organizing is the right move. I think I want to give you that advice two years. Ago. I mean, even the, the greatest promoter ever, Dana White, had a Zufa boxing sure. uh, mishap in the last few years, and it's, it's not easy. A lot of people have yeah. lost a lot of money in where, this. Where is Triller? Um, oh, in, in trouble, being sued. Yeah. Uh, you know, a but lot. But it's not over. It's Do, not they over. may owe you money, too. They might. They no, might not Triller. I never okay. worked with them, okay. no. Uh, I know they got a few checks out there. To dude, ca- so they're but, being sued left and right. Okay. But they're not done. Not as uh, not that I'm aware of. Hey, been, as long as Justin Bieber got paid for that card, they've been sued by a couple of artists, uh, Swiss Beats, and some other ones. They've been sued by Sony. They've been sued by Roy a bunch Jones, of, uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, yeah, uh, Mike Tyson. They've been sued by a bunch of uh, sort of smaller um, creators who were promised. But they end up. Mm-hmm. Remember, they almost didn't pay Kovalev. They did pay him. Yep. They did pay him, but it, it was a delayed thing. Yep. Yeah, they're. I don't know. They're fucking about. Okay. Right? They don't have a date coming up. They're not working no. on it next. Day. I asked it because Vitor was under contract with them, but all of a sudden he's going to fight uh, Raman. So I, I was just guessing. Well, they Haseem Rahman Jr. Yeah, Haseem Rahman Jr., yeah. which was interesting, right? So like he, I thought for sure when he missed the weight and the whole thing got blown up, that's the last we're going to hear of him. He leveraged it against Vitor. What do you make about that one? He, he's he, a big kid, by the way. I tell you what, he used that. He never flinched. That thing was completely his fault from my judgment <laughs> standpoint. He didn't sell anybody sorry. He flipped the script. He did more media after that thing. He did, didn't yes, he? Yes, I mean, he did turn that into that's something. That's a chill level yeah. of handling. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say right. turning an L. He took, the old, he took the old chill playbook yes. there. For a little bit of a run, but against Vitor, this version of Vitor, who God only knows, you know what he's doing in his personal time. That's a time. tough night out. You think so? I think it's a tough night out. I mean, yeah. here's the thing about Rockman. He is. What do you want to say? 
an underachiever. Yes, right? sure. Um, but he's a big dude. Yep. He does have some legit experience. Yep. He does have big power. He's a six foot three southpaw yep. whose dad was the heavyweight champion of boxing. He's got to have something. He's got to have a little something. Yeah. Like Vitor, like the thing is, you know, Vitor reminds me, like there's these guys, you know this, right? And it's a little bit more common with like wrestling based sports, so MMA and wrestling. But these guys who in their first, the, the beginning of the match, the beginning of the fight, they come out like a bat out of hell. Hamzat is that way, sure. right? They're just shot out of a fucking cannon. I feel like Vitor is that way. But like when Vitor was in the UFC, granted it was a different circumstance at the end of the run there. I used to time it on my watch. He had three minutes. He had three minutes of fury, kind of like VC in the bed. He had three minutes of fury. <laughs> How would you know? And then, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just guessing. And then it was over. And then it was over, yep. right? I feel like a guy like Rachman, if he's not terribly stupid, should be able to, like, drag that out a couple rounds and then take over, sure. right? I think it would be a good strategy. I'm interested in Vitor boxing. I always take the box, like MMA versus boxer. In my mind, I have so much respect, you know, for the sweet science. Like, I thought Oscar De La Hoya would destroy uh, Vitor. But Oscar came out after this, and, man, it was good I didn't take that fight. He would have beat me. Yeah, that, that surprised was a, that me. That was a fake. That yeah, had the whole COVID thing? The, the, the COVID sure. hospital selfie video. I mean, come on. I know, yes. He was literally writhing in agony like yeah. someone was poking him with hot yeah. meat. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but either way, I would have thought that, you know, the, the golden boy, the Olympic champion, the six-time world champion, I would think he would go take care of Vitor, who had very limited experience. It probably depends on the drug testing in that, so. in that event. Uh, Chayla, you playing your greatest hits and talking about them could fill any podcast, but people do that all the time. What's your behind-the-scenes greatest hits on how you navigated the business side of it? On times you went face-to-face with Lorenzo and Dana and, and, didn't, and didn't flinch and got exactly what you were looking for. Yeah, uh, well, boy. Um... I think I was nice. I mean, on, on top of everything else, they'll tell. That's the one the business book won't tell you. If people like you, it's not a bad thing. I think I was nice to work with. Yeah, but, I found that out the hard way, Joe. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> I know that you did. <laughs> but I mean, the greatest move, if you're talking about a stunt, uh, I wanted to fight on uh, the 20-year anniversary. George St. Pierre was headlining. I thought that it would do new numbers. Um, so I hired a graphic artist who put out a poster of me versus Rashad and made a UFC announcement. Uh, stole their logo, did the whole bit, put it out there. And the media went with it. And Joe Silva come, what are you doing? About? And they, they made the fight. They had to make the fight. I already said that we're the co-main event. The media will print this. anything. And, yeah. They're the worst. Yeah, we are terrible. But yeah. the UFC was jammed up, though. Like, how do we not do this now that it went out? And I thought that was a good caper by me. I thought that That's was a, a, a solid move. Do you what event was this? Uh, it, it was the 20-year anniversary. Could have been 25-year. Uh, George St. Pierre fought Johnny Hendricks. Oh, I, yes, I yes, co-main yes. event of that card. Yes, now. okay. 2013, yeah. Yeah, roughly. 2013. Um, so memory. do you look back and say, I was a company man? Do you look back and say, I was always you know, a businessman who was ahead of the game thinking the next move ahead of the establishment? How do you sort of grade yourself in how you navigated that? Well, my whole motivation is I was just a competitor that wanted opportunities. That, that was all that it was. It's very hard to get a world title fight. It's hard to get main events. And so I was just a competitor that wanted opportunities. That was my, my main motivation. But I think when it was done, you, you could definitely put me in the category of company man. When they needed a favor, they needed a short notice, they knew who to call. And, uh, you know, in exchange, I just wanted the opportunity. So, I mean, I felt like we, we were both doing what the other one wanted. They thought I was a great guy willing to help out, but I wanted those calls. So it is your view that, like, the way you were able to advance was I'm going to do them a solid and then just hope on the back end that they reward that? Very much so. Yeah. They tend to. Very right? much so. Hey, I'm seeing Colby Covington doing that. Colby's doing, doing everything right and going, hey, wait a minute. I'm doing more than the guys that are getting. And I think Colby's getting a little bit frustrated with it. I don't think he's going to change. But there is some stuff within this sport. Um, 
where the better you are at doing something or the more willing you are, your, your only reward is you get asked to do it again and again. Um, I, I think that Gilbert Burns, I think that all the favors that he's pulled and all, all the tough that he's done, he's I'm not sure that one, that's yeah. getting paid back in some ways. That's the only part. It's like, I think that that model definitely worked for you. I just don't know how scalable that model is sure. for the roster. I agree. There's only a couple of guys or ladies or whatever. Angela Hill, for example, like she says yes to everything. And I think she's gotten some opportunity. Well, you gotta to be great to, to, to win the, the hard fights that you're putting yourself right. in by being so willing to sure. fight anybody at any time. You need magic. You need luck. You need everything. That's why when you see guys go on these special next level runs, the McGregor from 2015 to 2016, it's like everything has to go perfect. There's not a line of McGregor's out that door. There's That's just right. not. There's not a lot of Chael Sonnen's out that door. Hey, they just had a move over the week where they had to put three fights together. I mean, John Jones has been out two years because we can't get the fight made. I mean, Hunter and Dana had to put three fights together backstage. You go and fight Chamayev, it's a number one contendership. You fight Chamayev, you're getting a whole bunch of money. I guarantee Kevin Holland just said yes. I'd have got him a hundred grand on the spot and a no-cut clause. I mean, that, right, it just would have had, and they would have said yes like that. I guarantee Holland was just... He wanted to do it. He wanted to do the match. And But I feel like guys like that, I do hope they get paid back yeah. down the road. I Especially the leech. He was I the, the leech cut. was the only one I felt got fucked because mm -hmm. of all the six. He was the only one that had to then fight an opponent who was way above him in weight. They looked like they were in different weight classes when they were in there. Yep. against Because Rod not Rodriguez's fault. He was supposed to fight Holland on the catchweight. So it just worked out that way. But he kind of got screwed a little bit, yeah, I feel I think like. And the judges kind of fucked him, maybe, too. Yeah. A, a, a lot of people think that. Yeah, I think it was a split decision overall. But Dana came out and said he had it the other way. He thought the leech won. I had Rodriguez, by the way. I thought it was a really close fight. I mean, it could have gone either Rodriguez, way. Yeah. I, I thought the leech got, got handled there. But I, I want to spin it to this. Handled? Handled by the judges. Oh. Really, I throw a lot of statements out. You're right. I don't yeah. ac accurately define what I really mean. Yeah. I meant handled by the judges a bit. Chael, uh, let's say UFC calls you up and says, we, we'd like yeah. you to consult with us as a matchmaker. You know, we'd like you to come into the war room. They say, we probably got three to four blockbusters left with McGregor. What do we do with him, Chael? What do you say? I have a weakness in matchmaking, I must tell you. I, I, I honor that skill because I don't have it. My strength would come once the fight's made. I'll come tell the audience why. I'll come tell them what the story is and, and why You're whispering somebody's ear. Hey, Colby, drop yeah. the Trump thing, get on DeSantis. It's the future, all yeah. right? Well, and hey, there's some <laughs> the, the, where you look at it and go, why are we here? Why are we fighting? Um, you know, what's this about? I'll go back to Surreal Gone and Tied to Ivansa. What is on the line? You got the yeah. number one guy versus the number four guy. You got a sold out crowd. The number one guy stops the number four guy. Any place in history, that means he's fighting for a world championship. That wasn't even discussed. It wasn't even dangled. Why, why were they fighting? What was this for about? For Paris. For, for the French sure. market. For the French market. Yeah, right? just to put on a good match, I because guess. Because Ciro's kind of blowing up in that market. This was their first show there. They got a big, strong, fucking athletic heavyweight. He turned into dynamic performance. I think that's one of those. Because I've said this before. I said it on MK. I remember when the UFC went to Germany. It was a very small affair. This was not. This was a big one, yeah. right? There was I think a they big saw arena. what happened when London blew up last year. Yeah. It just became a thing for and them. French, and France is the third biggest market in all of Europe, like just behind the UK. Like sure. It's a big and market. And they have potential to do Gan versus Ngannou for the belt in freaking Paris right. in, in the not-too-soon you know, distant future. Obviously, John Jones could, could crash. Hey, let's that, talk, let's that talk about John Jones. Hold on. I, I wanna get, before we get okay. to John Jones, I do want to get one answer from you on okay. McGregor. Where, who, who would they or who should they match him next yeah. with? Uh, George Mosvidal. Oh, why? That, that's the entire Who? George Masvidal. The okay. entire re there's going to be no significance in terms of ranking or title contention. We're talking about bringing him back for a title. Let's stop with that silliness. Connor's on an island where where whatever he does is going to be a big deal. Uh, whatever George does next, then going to be the title fight. Some of these things are talking about. I just think that's the match. And don't forget the whole reason Connor went to 170 in the first place because Dana White made an offhanded comment that got captured uh, by yes. TMZ where he said, "I never make that fight. George is too big for him." And Connor, yes, whoa, and then just George a like, second. "I'm too much man." Right. <laughs> 
So Connor said, well, just a second. His next fight, he goes and fights Cowboy at 170. They, they have a story there, and that's, uh, that's the match. So that's why and it the, won't happen, so, by the so way. So is but that's that why, match. in your mind, they're not making the Jorge versus uh, Gilbert Burns fight? Because Burns has been advocating for that fight. I think the reason they didn't do that is Masvidal thought he was going to be able to slide in and get the match with Leon. Now, that was being very unaware of your own career, but we all do that at times. And, and so he stalled that match, trying to get Gilbert tied up, trying to get the match with Leon, is what I believe. And, okay. and three-piece Minnesota needs to be answered for. It's just not going to be answered for in the form of a title match. Not right now. Yeah, I didn't see that there was a lot of, uh, you know, interest in that necessarily yeah. that particular iteration all right i would have told leon by the way to to go like this when jorge came at him and say i don't want to fight you i don't want to fight you you know southpaw stance uh that was that was an old vanderlei silva reference when we were talking about that the other day thanks for selling thanks for putting the little you know, mm. but bc mm. does what bc does is he just rolls <laughs> grenades into conversations sure and then wants you to jump on it that's when we gotta figure it out hits, we gotta, okay? we gotta it, but i got it i speak oh, his language thank you very uh, all right much. Let's, let's talk about john jones here for all a second right. here's the thing Am I excited about him uh, potentially fighting? I guess. Uh, I don't know when the hell it's going to happen, despite all the talks. And here's the other part, the one I'm more curious about. It's not that I don't think he can't, can't go up there and win. He might go up there and do exactly the same thing he did light heavyweight. But the part that gives me a little bit of pause, and I'm, being, I'm, trying to be, I'm not trying to be unfair to him. I'm yeah. trying to be just accurate about the circumstances. Sure. There was a decline at the end of his light heavyweight run. I thought Dominic Reyes beat him outright. Uh, sure. there, I, you know, the Santos fight was close. The Smith fight was kind of weird. Um, you look at his numbers, his takedown success rate plummeted at the end there. I think he attributes that to maybe burnout. You can believe that or not. I have no idea if that's true. So my only point is, like, could he do well at heavyweight? He might go and win the belt right away. I just don't believe it's. I should automatically assume that he's going to. I need to see what he actually looks like. Where are you on that spectrum? I, I will tell you this. If John Jones hears you say that, he's going to love it. He, he wants something like he wants to be questioned. He wants to really? be Really? Seems to me like he wants to be adored. He, well, on, on some hands, but I really think he left 205 because uh, it had been exhausted. I think he's looking around and going, yeah, I'm having close fights with Reyes or I'm close fights with Santos. Uh, but he was better than that. It was, he wasn't getting the training. He wasn't getting pulled out of him. The audience was expecting too much of him. I think he wants to be in a position where he really is questioned. I think he's got a matchup problem. Look, we took the two last two years. To move John into heavyweight, a weight that he's comfortable, but also to tell the story to the audience. Can John Jones overcome a deficit? That deficit is simply going to be a size disadvantage. But now they're talking about putting him with Stipe. John's going to weigh in heavier than Stipe, and that whole two-year experiment is going to go up in, in, in smoke when, when they get to the scales. I think the right opponent is, is really important, and I'm not sure I, I buy this Jones-Stipe match. Or how about this match? Prior to Ngano getting decided. How about John Jones tied to Ivasa? I like that. I mean, I think you probably have something there. Two of us is coming on loss. They're, they're not going to match that. Two, two of us is a real street fighter. I got to see somebody that can defend a takedown, or I can't have a question with John. I think yeah. it's a real gun. Uh, you know, just the fact that he had 15 fights and was never taken down. I think there's something uh, special there. I'll tell you the hardest fight, skill-wise, for John Joe, easily the hardest fight is Curtis Blades. I was going to say that, yeah. Curtis Blades Damn is right. the most slept-on fighter, yep. maybe on that roster. What did he do? He's upset the audience. What did Curtis Blades uh, ever to do? To me, in an interview with me, he, he brought, uh, I brought up fight pay to him it was ahead of the Volkov fight and he went off about fighter pay and then Dana in every interview the rest of that fighter uh, that week was just like well fuck this guy yeah he but more, you know, more than that more than that people someone accused him of being boring and he's like yo let me explain something to you I'm gonna be as boring as fuck boomy eat a dick don't give a fuck like he was he was you know not merely adamant about the idea that he wasn't going to cater to anyone else's interest like he had disdain for the idea that you should even he should even be questioned sure. about it and 
Um, which is weird because you actually look at his style. He started out as like a really wrestling-based guy, still obviously is, but now there's a little more striking, striking involved. Yeah. And he put out Chris Dawkins' lights without mm-hmm. a takedown. Yeah, example. he made a point of doing that for sure. Yeah. Still, nevertheless. But the people aren't over that. I mean, I heard those two interviews you guys read. That The audience is not over that. I mean, I've really never seen a guy as willing as him. He goes and fights in Ghana before we knew it was in Ghana. He then wants to do it again. He gets slept in 30 seconds. He flies to a completely other confident continent to do it again. He gets put out in under a minute again, and he's begging to fight him a third time. Like, those are the kind of guys we usually like. Yeah, it's, you're right, because he had two moments, the Derek Lewis knockout. He's not a media darling either. the second Ghana sure. one where it looked like he was ready to make a run, and both times it just got snuffed. Like the, the, the more out. I've been in media, the more this is just absolutely true, and Shale, you know this because you were one of them. The media picks its darlings. Right, like, uh, like you know, uh, the leech. Even though he doesn't speak much English, is a media darling sure. now in certain ways. You were one. There's some other ones, and they give outsized coverage to certain ones For sure. at the expense. It's only 24 hours in a day. There's only so many columns you can write. I think he's on the other end where he's just not even selected for that, irrespective of his abilities. Sure. And so uh, he's in that space. But still, getting back to John, gun to your head, yep. gun to your head. Really, really thinking about it. That can he. Does he win a UFC title at heavyweight? Yes, doggone it, he does. You think wow. so? Yeah, probably too. He probably wins the interim and then and then the undisputed. I'm largely going off of rumor in the practice room, you know, but the campfire is real important. Henry Cejudo sees him. He's in the practice room. He saw him with, you know, I'm supposed to talk about, but he saw him with Prohaska. He saw him with these top guys. And, and Henry says, uh, he says he's better now. So what he said. Jesus. That's frightening. Yes, but that's not how a human being works. You don't get better with time. You don't get better at something by not doing it. You'll get better once you, you get bigger and you get smaller. He broke all the rules. He always has. He and always it keeps has. Working yeah, out I mean, he's got him. small calves. Yeah, I'm not, ready. <laughs> I'm not ready to dismiss him. I'm cheering against him. I'll be fine about that. I'm not ready Do to dismiss him. Do you ever worry like you'll accidentally cross paths and he'll run up on you? Oh, I think Because you've said greasy shit about him. Yes, yes. He came up to me one time. Egregiously uh, greasy. Yeah. Yeah, which I think was, I think that's where this was going to happen. And uh, he saw that my mother was there. And he flipped instantly. He gave her a hug. He introduced himself. It was, no He was a way. real gentleman. Yeah, I got to give him credit for that. He was, he treated my mother very nicely. Yes, he we're, came. We're, no, he came. Rashad, right up. Rashad has a similar no story, cameras, by the way, yeah. about that was the reason why him and that Rashad and John ended up killing their beef because their moms got involved. Yeah. No, I could see that. And he had the look in his eye. Was the whole, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I was, I was preparing to defend myself, and he, he saw her. Where was this? Uh, we were in a hotel lobby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were in New Jersey. And he, say, and he said, hey, I just want to come over and introduce myself. You're Chael's mom, right? I mean, he turned it on instantly. And, uh, but I got to give him credit. You know, a guy treats you right in front of your mom. Uh, I respect that. You give him credit. Chael, how come nobody ever references the fact that you were the former WEC middleweight champion? I mean, can we put a little bit of respect on that title? I appreciate you saying that because that's my only one. That's my only I title. I mean, you never even that. played up. I, if I were you, I'd be walking around. Do you still own the title belt? I got it. Paulo Filo sent me the belt, yes. Did he really? I, yes, he did. Uh, I think no Ed Solis made him, but I have it. He sent me the belt. Yeah, wow. Paulo made me a video about two years ago. Just sent me a, a bit. You know, you can do that with the iPhone now. It was very sweet to catch up with him. I've never spoke to him. I've never seen him since. Filled me in on what he was doing. And How is? I heard he had some problems. Is he okay? Yeah, I think I think so. I know he had some substance problem, and he ultimately ended up shot. Someone shot. It was like in the leg. And like he re- physically. Yeah, and he but he refused to say. He refused to tell anyone. I mean, it's just kind of this weird thing. He thought he was going to lose his Dude, leg. Dude, folks don't know how good he was. He was 16. He was a fucking Terminator. He right was the he was one. he was Paul Harris, not quite as jacked, yeah. but he was the Paul Harris. But he was actually like a much he was actually much smarter. Great uh, comparison. Um, in terms of and his then he met Sonnen. but he was ranked one. I mean, Anderson was two, and Henderson was nine. I just kind of remember the rankings back then because I was following it. Uh, so yeah, people really respected him, and it. Uh, and, and Chael P. And I got Sonnen. that belt. Thank you for mentioning that. Does the P stand for Pancrase or Punani? The P stands for Icon. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, Chael, I, I, I don't want to blow up your spot, but I have to ask. Okay. I have to ask. Otherwise, like, we because we, we're running out of time yeah. here. Can you talk about what happened in March of this year in the in the hotel? Yeah. Are well, you able the first thing is is why are you at the Luxor? That's job one. Yeah. Why right. the hell yeah. Are you? Your first I mistake mean, was going to that bed bug <laughs> infestation. Uh, no, I can't talk about. Yeah, it. it's still active, right? It's still active. Yeah. Okay. Are you expecting a resolution in twenty twenty three? Oh, my. I mean, uh, statistically, it uh, takes a couple of years, oh, uh, as yeah. a matter of fact. Uh, okay. Cowboy Cerrone went through something, and they just told me, hey, just so you know what to expect. Yeah, it was on a boat. But, uh, before yeah, before we wrap up here, how are you in your personal life? Are things okay? You good to go? Good to go? Just saying. Thank you for asking. Kids are doing great. Uh, uh, wife's doing great. We're bored. We're, we're a little bit bored. Bored? Oregon was very shut down, and uh, we're the most shut down state in the nation, but we're so small, the media didn't cover us. And we're still not 100% open. There's still a place where you have uh, restrictions on number and whatnot. So the pandemic was tough in Oregon, uh, and we're, we're still coming out of it. We're bored. We're a little slow. Are you going to move? No, 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 no. You I would never move? West, no, never. I would die in Westland. What, what's the best part about Westland? I've never been. Yeah, Actually, you know what? I've well, been to many places across the world. I've never been to Oregon. I've uh, never been to the Great Northwest. You never will. Yeah. No, yeah. I'd like to go actually. I can pay a number of compliments to our city. I mean, the, the school does very well, and the crime rate's low, and that type of stuff. But those are just my people. That was my people. That was my town. Some guys never, you know, they never fully grew out of their high school. It's a weird thing when they don't. Uh, and I'm in that weird category. I live two point miles from the high school. I still go in every day and coach the wrestling team. Um, so some guys, you know, they get they get trapped, and, and maybe that was me, but that's my town. Are you still involved with Eagle FC? Yeah, yeah, I'm the commentator for Eagle yeah. SC. Yeah, we had an event canceled. As a matter of fact, we had two. And my understanding was that they went to Russia and held those events. Uh, but then I've heard other rumors, and, and uh, but yeah, I'm still involved. How Love is, it. Awesome organization. Is Habib a total maniac? Oh, man. he. I thought that was just a name <laughs> thing. He is calling shots over there. Uh, I mean, he was brother, doing a deal. Right, yeah, right in front of me. Calls Mike Tyson. You know, I'm a big fight. So calls Mike Tyson on FaceTime. And then he's got to st- talk to Scott Coker. Talk to Coker about getting Fedor Emelianenko. And then somebody came to him and, and wanted to know about the menu. And he had to call the menu that everybody was going to. You know, he was busy, man. I respected it. Khabib works hard. Khabib got, it took a red eye. Uh, it was in the hotel super late checking in, barely awake. And he was up at 5 a.m. cutting cutting weight with his teams. We did the Eagle FC. And the next night, I caught him in Phoenix at a Bellator event corner and a different guy. Jesus. He is an animal. I got to oh. get. By the way, Khabib's actually secretly very funny. Do you guys know that? Yeah, about I know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I never knew him. Dude, his digs at Cormier are he fat shapes oh, yeah. him openly. Yes. It's no, hilarious. he's a very funny guy. We're going to play the hits a little bit to close Let's here, play. okay? Um, I'm always going to give you respect for entering that Bellator heavyweight tournament when, you. you know, you're you're past the prime, but we're looking at the bracket going, you might be able to make a run. You, you The matchmaking, you made it work, and then you fought Fedor. Yeah. Were you, I mean, you're at that point in your career, you're not scared of anything. But you knew he still had quick hands. Yes. Was that a fight you walked in there going, I'm really not sure what this is going to look like? Yeah. Well, the rampage was too. Yeah, heavyweight was a different experience. Um, I have never had fun in the sport. I enjoyed it. I like times like this, but I've never had fun uh, in that octagon. Um, I had fun with the Fedor fight. If I could go back and do it, um, he hit me in ways, but it was special being in there with him. He, he's a special, you know, there's an aura around him. You, you just feel it. Uh, I feel that when Hoist Gracie walks in the room, just a couple of guys. And he got in my way. You know, I'm a fan of the sport. That's a problem at times. When you look up to guys or you're, you know, I was way down at middleweight. I'm never going to have to deal with this guy and all of a sudden I'm up two weight classes and here he is. That's a real thing to get over. He hit me with a missile five seconds in. And as I, as I fell to the ground, the only reason I got up uh, as I knew it would have been a record, and I don't want that record. And I, when I was doing that, I don't know if you recall, I was doing this to get up, and he backed away. It bought me a couple of seconds, but 
Uh, and a very nice human being. I don't like to compliment guys after I fight them. I think it sounds weird, but just a really special human being. Yeah, especially when you don't ask them about Russian literature and get all the fuck other off. interviews fuck canceled off, loser. that day. <laughs> eat, fuck um, off. Eat shit. Okay, Chael, so look, we're journalists, but we're obviously religious fans in disguise. I'll tell you the three fights <laughs> okay. that the fan in me got the most excited for in the minutes leading up to it, right? It was like Lesnar Carwin. You get sure. it, right? Habib Connor, You get it. Chael Anderson, too, dude, I was higher than a... I mean, I, I had a, a hard-on from here to Hanover, dude, Ohio. he tells all his dude, guests about his erections. It's I'm fucking telling weird. You, it's I fucking weird. I was so fired up for where that fight could go. That's sweet. Thank you, you. You had some spinny shit that didn't go right, and then the fight was over. Yes. What would the rest of that fight look like if you hadn't made Ooh, that error? Like we have to wrap on that, though. Uh, massive regret of my life. I went down on that. Uh, you know, I, I fell down, and I'm down. And... Anderson took a step backwards. He was trying to let me up to my feet. Then he changed his mind. He changed his mind and come in, but I saw that step. I mean, that step replays in my mind in, in slow motion. And I had, uh, I had an opportunity to stand up, and I didn't take it. Uh, but it was a choice. I don't mean I missed a beat. I chose to stay dead. There was something about uh, this moment. That'll happen a lot in a fight where you're, you're ready to check out. you got to fight yourself. You, you come back from it. Uh, but that was my moment. I learned something about myself in that moment. Uh, and that then was, he, that need, was he needs you subsequently to that. Threw a, uh, threw a knee and kind of swarmed me in there, but um, I, I wasn't going anywhere. All right, well, listen, we're getting the rap signal. We got to go. Uh, Chael, you will be out there hosting the presser for Jake Paul Anderson Silva. It is always good catching up with you. You YouTube. are everywhere. For folks, give, give us a plug. Where, where can they find your stuff? What do you YouTube. want? YouTube. Just go to YouTube and I'll be happy. There it is. There YouTube. it is. The, the, gangster the gangster from Westland, he Oregon. He still got it. He still got it. It's Chael Sonnen, yeah. RSD, Brian Campbell, Luke Thomas. Polite. We're out. I'd have got up and whipped his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.